Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, the founder of the Dream Chasers platform, and thank you for tuning into our content. We've got some phenomenal creators making a name for themselves on this platform, and we just want to say thank you for going on this journey with us. It's been a lot of fun over the past few years, and hey, we're just getting started. We would also like to take this moment to shine light on our sponsor, Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. To learn more about Raise Masters, you can go to raisemasters.com. That's raisemasters.com. And again, thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us, your time. Now kick back and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the TGIF with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Stone, and today we're joined by a wonderful guest, Keisha Kennedy. Keisha, how are you today? I'm good. And yourself, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very looking forward to the weekend. I'm actually going to New York, so I'm super pumped. Awesome. Yeah, but so I'm just going to throw you into the deep end here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Keisha? What's your story? How have you gotten to where you are today and what are you working on? Yes. So my name is Keisha Kennedy. I actually reside right now as of 2022, February in the country called Kuwait, which is like an hour flight from Dubai. Um, I I was born in Germany and my father was in the military. So I have lived all over the world and known as a military brat as everyone calls a dependence of someone that's in the military. And so I've I've lived in California, Colorado, Kentucky, Virginia. um, And we ended up going back to Germany where I graduated high school. And then my father's last duty assignment was in Richmond, Virginia. So Richmond, Virginia is home for me. And he taught military science at Virginia Commonwealth University and University of Richmond. So by default, of course, I ended up going to the VCU and I'm a proud alumni, go Rams go. And while I was in, while I was attending VCU, I also joined the Army National Guard so they could pay for my school and I can reap the benefits. And during that time, I actually deployed to Kuwait for one year. I returned back to Richmond and ended up graduating. And so at that time, I said, I want to work abroad so I can receive, you know, tax-free money. And prior to that, I was working for my father. He had a private security business. And I wanted to, you know, move again because I'm used to moving every three years. And so that's what I did. I ended up coming overseas as a military contractor. And I was there from 2009 to 2013. My contract had ended. And while I was in Kuwait, I started investing in real estate. That was when the market first crashed. So 2011 was when I embarked my real estate journey. I was physically here, but purchasing assets in the States and my parents went to go view the property and they said it was in good condition. It was less than a year old. I paid $29,500 for this home and just had to take up the, the carpet and replace it and I was self-taught and figured it out from there. And so the next year I brought another house and continued that cycle. And I stopped probably like in 2013 purchasing, purchasing homes. And so I ended up going back to the States after my contract had ended. I worked for the bureau up at Quantico for a bit. And I also started a uh, bell bondsman business as well. It was called Breaking the Chains Bell Bonds. And I ended up going back to um, the Richmond office for a military contracting job as well. So I was doing that and still working the bell bonds business and managing my properties. And so 
my old position in Kuwait opened back up in 2017 and, and I ended up coming back to Kuwait, my second home. And last year in 2021, I said, I wanted to start diversifying and investing in, uh, apartment buildings. And so this time I didn't want to <laughs> be self-taught. I said, I'm going to educate myself. And so that's what I did. I was reading books, listening to pod podcasts, reading blogs, and I end up joining a mastermind and it's just been taken off from there. So I joined a mastermind in May, a coaching program and started investing passively as an investor first, a limited partner. And so a limited partner is someone that invests passively in the deal. So they're like a silent partner, but they're still receiving the benefits. So the cash flow distributions quarterly and the profit from the, from the sale, it's just, man, it's nice to receive, you know, fit without being hands-on active in the deal. So anyways, I ended up investing my first deal, Richmond, Virginia. What a coincidence, 27 units. And I'm doing all of this while I'm in Kuwait, 27 units, and then 81 units in Florence, Kentucky, 19 units in Scranton, Pennsylvania, which was student housing, another 24 units, which is student housing in Columbia, South Carolina. And then in October, I became a co-GP on a deal in Waco, Texas, 56 units. And then next week we close, we close on 120 units where I'm also a GP as well. So a general partner, which I'm referring to as a GP is someone that's active in the deal. So they find the deal, underwrite the deal, boots on the ground, due diligence, uh, and also asset manager the deal and present it to investors, the silent partner, limited partners, so they can receive a return on their, their capital that they invest. And so this is what's known as apartment syndication. And so that's what I am doing. I absolutely love it, creating partnerships with others that want to invest. And so we're in this together and taking down an asset. So that's a little bit about myself. I probably went on and on and on, but there you have it, Keisha Kennedy. No, I love that. That's great. And also congratulations on the 120 unit close. That's, that's awesome. And Thank you. That's amazing that you're able to balance all of this while being in a completely different, even continent. <laughs> you're, yes. you're all the way out in Kuwait. And that's, that's amazing. How do you find living there versus living in the U S? Yeah. So I work. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. No, no worries. I actually enjoy it. I love to travel, you know, I'm a military brat. And so I'm used to traveling every three years. So I have the freedom to travel. I can get to any country at a low expense compared to traveling from the States. And then also it's tax-free. So the, the money that I'm making from the government is, is not being taxed. As long as I'm here, I think it's 335 days, 330 days out of the year, physically present, um, outside of the U.S., then I am not taxed. And also all my accommodations are taken care of. So basically all the capital that I'm receiving, I'm deploying it into deals. So that's the purpose of me being physically present in Kuwait. I do like it. It's a different culture. It's actually safer than the States. I don't have to worry about the police harassing me or anything like that. There's actually no home alarm systems here in Kuwait. So that tells you how safe we are, right? So I always try yeah. to refer to that. And you can't carry a gun. Uh, I do go to the shooting range on Sundays. And, you know, I, I love to shoot. But legally, you cannot carry a gun here. There's no clubs. There's no alcohol. So it's a dry country. So I actually love living here. 
for those purposes. And I'm also getting tax-free money. I have a sister that lives here. She's 25 years old. She's a military contractor and our parents have actually visited Kuwait and we've, we've traveled with them to other countries. So Kuwait is not bad. So if you're in the States and you're wondering how safe am I over here, trust me, I am safe and sound and I'm still investing. And Kuwait is a beautiful country because we are our flight away from Dubai. That's, that's really a great location. And honestly, yeah, I understand the safety aspect of it. I did not know that about Kuwait, but I live in Chicago. So it's a, a little more yeah. testy for safety, but that's, that's yeah. I know all of that about Kuwait. And that's amazing. It seems like a great place to live with a great culture around it too. And dry country. <laughs> that's, that's yes. Yes. <laughs> I haven't, I don't think I've visited a dry country yet, but I've hardly traveled outside of the state. So that's amazing. <laughs> you have so much different experience though with travel too. And yeah. I guess that being the army um, brat that you are, as you said, um, it definitely warmed your, um, like dipped your toes in from a young age to kind of get your bearings in different places quite easily and make those transitions. So it seems absolutely I mean, sure it was tough at times too, but yes. yeah, it definitely sounds like a very interesting way to live versus like everyone's just in their same house for however many years or maybe changes one to two times, but still in the same state. They don't usually travel around the world. So, and during yes. the school there, that's very different. I'm sure at least from the States first yes. education of it. Yes. Yes. My, my father used to call me the black German. And so he's like, man, you're no longer the black German. You're living in Kuwait now. So I guess you're the, the black uh, Kuwaiti now. And he, <laughs> we have a little inside joke. Nice. <laughs> I love that. So um, as you were saying, traveling all over the world and getting your foot in, kind of being self-taught too in those spaces and then dipping your toes into the podcast world and all the books and knowledge that are out there about real estate, there's tons. Um, what's been your driving motivator behind starting kind of your own business, being self-taught, really diving into the deep end of what you wanted to pursue, which was real estate. Yes. Yeah, so growing up, I wasn't taught to, you know, invest your money. And of course, school doesn't teach us, teach us that or, or anything like that. But I knew that I needed to do something to make my money work for me. Growing up, my father did have a rental property, which was inherited by his mother when, when she, my grandmother passed away. And then I also witnessed him buy another property to rent out. So he had a total of three homes. So I was, you know, I was observing what was going on, but I wasn't taught. And then my grandmother owned two properties as well. And then my great grandfather had owned property. So my driving factor is leaving a legacy behind for my future family, building generational wealth also helping others to invest in assets that we can take down together. And then also impacting the community because we are impacting the community through our value add strategy. So we are basically renovating assets that are apartments, but they are homes to other people. People, a lot of people can't afford to buy, buy a home. So we are going in there, you know, making that impact in the community by renovating and then my last driving factor is education. So I'm using my social media platform to educate as many people as possible, including, you know, vet veterans, because I'm a veteran, and also impacting minorities because we are not so fortunate and just don't have the knowledge and the financial literacy to invest 
and assets, yet alone commercial assets. So those are my driving factors to why. And I'm not allowing Kuwait to hinder me from, from reaching my goals. You know, it's a lot of sacrifice and, and it's definitely a big time difference. But as long as you know your why, that is your driving force to help you reach your goals. Yeah, that's, that's great. And the altruistic motivators, I, I love it. You're really out there trying to impact your community. I think um, some real estate investors too look at that too, and they try to really build up the properties in the community around the properties and make it a better lifestyle. And I think that's a really powerful factor that some people do forget rather than just the, the passive income side of it. But I, I love that you're dedicating your life to really helping others, educating them, but also giving them somewhere stable and safe to live too and just making sure the properties are yeah what they deserve so that's absolutely yeah absolutely I I enjoy it on the landlord side you know with my residential properties because I'm allowing people to rent a property from me that most of them are denied from you know the bigger companies and property management companies but I'm giving others chances and they're so grateful and because of that I'm being blessed in other ways is how I see it too. And just treating people how you want to be treated with respect goes a long way. Trust me. Yeah, completely agree. I think you get from the world what you give it. So if you give out generosity and goodwill and have a positive attitude and spirit, then you'll also receive those things in life. And that's great that you point that out (laughs) because I think it is a give and take factor. Yes, for sure. But uh, that's amazing. It sounds like from balancing being in Kuwait and how you've structured the way you do business there versus just being in the States. I don't know the time different effect time differences affected at all. Um, but how do you kind of structure yourself to make sure you're on top of your deals on top of your to-do lists, let's say, um, to make sure that everything lines up and you're meeting all your marks. Yes. So time is of the essence. That is a true statement, especially for me in a different time zone from the rest of the world, right? Especially the rest of the world where I'm investing and networking with. So I have to really evaluate how am I spending my time? So I use time blocking, which definitely helps me to reach my goals and mark off my to-do list daily, monthly, weekly, quarterly. And prior to that, I actually always do a time audit so I can see exactly what I'm, what am I spending my time on? So I am writing down everything that I do from the time I open my eyes into the time I close my eyes. And that will help me to evaluate if I'm spending my time efficiently and effectively to help me reach my goals. So for example, today is Friday. I woke up this morning and um, on Sunday, I actually wrote down what I'm going to do for this week. It's kind of like a timesheet. And so I look at my timesheet on a daily basis and make sure that I am reaching those goals. So part of that is turning off my notifications from all social media platforms, right? Because that's definitely a distraction. And sometimes you're like, Hey, I can respond back to this message, but that takes five to 10 minutes out of your day when you could be doing something else. So time blocking, And writing down my goals and weekly goals and monthly goals will definitely help me to accomplish everything that I set out for for 2022. And it's definitely beneficial. And I've used that last year as well, because time is of the essence. And it's really hard with this big time difference. I am eight hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time right now. 
So I am taking (laughs) investor calls. I'm speaking to my general partners. So I really make sure that I am on myself with my time because that's one thing that you can't get back. You cannot get time back. And I want to reach my goals and I have to go back to my why and remind myself that time is so valuable to everyone. And you have 24 hours in a day and it's how you spend your time will result to, you know, massive action equals massive results. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, yeah, you can't get time back. So you have to really use it efficiently and plan out your days. And that's a really great strategy that I haven't heard the time log, like I've heard people writing down some habits and stuff, but I think a lot of people would make their time more efficient on the daily, if not weekly, monthly, however long, just seeing how much little time wasters like social media. I know if you get a notification, like the phone's always trying to get your attention. So that's a a great strategy to keep yourself on track and make sure you're not perpetuating bad habits, but actually keeping a positive spin. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, refrain from checking your email throughout the day, check it, you know, once in the morning and once at night that definitely can just save you so much time. Just focus on one goal or task at a time for that day or throughout the day. You'll be surprised how much you can get done. Trust me. No, I I believe you. I completely believe you. I know I get distracted all the time trying to do five different things at once and then only half of each one gets done rather than focusing your, all of your attention on one thing. And it really does help you finish that and then move on to the next one. (laughs) So that's great. And again, that time log really does seem like it's helps you structure your days, weeks, months. Um, but do you schedule time in for yourself too, to, um, relax and unwind and what's your favorite way to do that too, two parter? Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you have to rest, uh, rest on the Sabbath day. I am a Christian. So Sunday is my day of rest. Um, I enjoy, as I mentioned earlier, I love to go shooting at the range and I am a certified scuba diver. Also love to skydive, but I, every Sunday I definitely go to the range and then I also get a sports massage. I am a bodybuilder, so I believe in recovery. So that is a weekly, (laughs) uh, self-care for me is a sports massage and cupping therapy. And then also going to the range. I love to pamper myself. I believe in self-care, right? And you you should too. And also I attend church online on Sundays. I spend time with my sister. And if I can get a weekend trip in, I will definitely travel and get a weekend trip. But make sure that you're taking time out for yourself. You know, take a day of rest because we work so hard during the week or if you work on the weekend, you have to just let your mind rest your body rest, reward yourself for all the hard work that you put in. So Sunday is my day of rest and I believe in it. I shut, shut down, you know, no real estate on Sunday, no business, no phone calls because you have to prepare for the next upcoming week. And if you're burnt out, you're not, you're not going to put forth hundred percent effort. So yes, I believe in taking time for myself. I'm not always working. That's, that's great. I mean, yeah, I, the the grind never stops, but you do need to build in that time. So it does. And then you don't just peter out at one point. So I think that's great. I, a lot of people do use, I think the Sundays to reset, set themselves up for a good week going forward and then kind of, yeah, 
I love that you're a bodybuilder too. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I just started lifting myself nowhere near your level. I'm sure. I'm sure you will, you will get there. I I love, I look forward to going to the gym uh, Monday through Friday and lifting. And that helps you, that helps me with my mindset, with my, my mental health and, you know, any challenges that I'm facing, I can take it out in the gym, you know, release those endorphins. And if I'm stressed out or a little bit down or have some anxiety about something or about a deal, I know that I can go in there, release and come out and feel so much better. So it's more of a mental game that I'm playing in the gym more than a physical game. So if you can beat yourself mentally, you can definitely beat yourself physically. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one thing that stops a lot of people from working out is just the mental game of, oh, I could go now or I could go later, but let me just push it off more. And they just don't take the first step of going. And that's once you get there, you feel great. It's just a space where your mind can just relax and focus on something else that's physical rather than mental. It is a balance of mind, body, like health. Yes. Yes. The only bad workout that you, the bad, the only bad workout is the one that you didn't do. Remember that. Oh, I love that. I haven't heard that. (laughs) That's great. I love that. I'll add that to my sayings now. That's an amazing story. And I love all of that you do that also the sports massage. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to dabble in that if I actually need it. I don't intensively lift yet, but But you definitely need it for your recovery. You know, you Mm -hmm. definitely need it for your recovery. Your body needs it. Well, that's, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing, Keisha. I just have one final question for you. I know you mentioned podcasts earlier, um, but maybe if you have a favorite podcast or song that you'll be blasting this weekend, because it's Friday, it's TGIF. So do you have anything in mind that you're going to be blasting once the day is fully over, all the, the time is logged and everything? Well, my day is technically over on this Friday on this side of the world. <laughs> so it is technically 8.23 p.m. So I won't be blasting any podcast or any music after this. I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. Um, and then tomorrow I'll be actually working um, as well. And then Sunday is my day of rest. And then Monday, back at it again. Fair enough. Okay. I, I love that though. Um, and also, yeah, thank you for fitting me into your schedule. I noticed when you entered the call that it was dark in your background and I have like sunlight streaming in through my window. So I was like, Oh, different time zone. I hope you yeah. enjoy where you were too. Just yeah. context, but no, thank you so much, Keisha, an amazing story. And I love all the, the habits and the way you structure. I think you gave a lot of people great advice to carry on how they could in the future or make healthy habits for themselves as well. So yeah. Thank you, Courtney. I definitely had a, had a good time on this podcast. It was definitely different. I have been on other podcasts that was real estate related, but I I truly love this TGIF podcast with you, Courtney. (laughs) Thank you very much. And um, again, this is TGIF with Courtney and thank you for listening. And thank you so much for being on here, Keisha. Thank you. 